On location for the Wild Horse Saloon in Nashville, it's World Finals Week, and this is Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. Tonight, we're going to revisit the greatest rivalry in motorsports. It's my pleasure to be joined by the icon Dennis Anderson and the Professor Tom Metz. Welcome to Inside Monster Jam. All right, man. It's great to be here. Uh, absolutely thrilled to have both of you on here. Uh, it's, it's been a, a crazy week for everybody, and uh, we're going to revisit where this rivalry started. So let's go back uh, before you started driving Max D. You had a great career. You had Monster Patrol, Bulldozer. Let's talk about what your knowledge uh, was of Dennis Anderson and Gravedigger as you were just getting into the business. Well, I hate to tell him this, but I was a fan of his before I ever got to be a competitor. <laughs> you know, I liked the guy. He did a great job out there. He was a wild driver. He's someone that everybody could be drawn to. So in 1999, you face off against Dennis Anderson on national television. And Dennis, when that happened, what were your thoughts of this hotshot named Tom Mintz starting to come up into the ranks? Yeah, he uh, he would he uh, every time that I was around Tom in the early days, I always had a little bead of sweat for him um, because he was a guy that uh, he knew how to mash the pedal. I'm going to tell you that, and he was a good he was a good wheel man. So there was a little fear there, and I didn't want him to steal my fans. And um, I sure didn't want him to take my trophies away. I think you both got your fair share of trophies, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's talk about when the rivalry started heating up a little bit. So you, you come into the business, Monster Patrol, Bulldozer. At what point in time in your career did you, did you really know that Dennis Anderson was going to be the guy that you really had to step up to every night to try to win these things? I think for me it was uh, Pueblo, Colorado, a little fairground and... You know, I never, I, I knew a lot about him. I'd been driving monster trucks for a bit there, driving monster patrol. And to me, it was just, you know, getting to see him and getting to compete against him. And uh, I had some troubles with my engine. They loaned me a couple of parts, so they were good people. And, you know, I just, I just wanted to make a mark. I mean, he was so far above and ahead of everybody. There was no possibility to run with him, but I just wanted him to know I was there. And we are in the country music capital of the world, so we do have actually country music bands right behind us here at Wild Horse. Uh, so we're engulfing the whole Nashville experience here. <laughs> uh, Dennis, you mentioned that you didn't want Tom to take your trophies away, but at some point in time, I know you had to take notice of, of Tom as a driver, and you were the king of the mountain at this point. Grave Digger was already established. Was there a point in your career where you, you realized that, hey, this, this, this guy may be the one that, that knocks me off the podium here? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like I had to, um, you know, Tom and I competing and being rivalry, you know, down the track. And I remember the Pueblo, Colorado, because Tommy came to me and okayed it with me, my crew guy, before we, you know, loaned him any parts. But I could tell Tom was down and dirty, man. It was like, when I say down and dirty, this guy knew he was in the trench with me. We had to do what we could do to make this show. And I knew he was going to be one of the toughest competitors there. His truck was light, had small axles. So we loaned him a set of engine bearings. We didn't really, you don't loan anybody engine bearings. You basically give them to him, you know. And we gave them to him. And I told Tommy, I said, you watch him. I said, that guy will probably kick her damn butt with their bearings in his motor. <laughs> and he did. And that's where it started. And it was like, I had this, I had this love-hate from probably that day on. It really wasn't that much because I felt proud and honored that I could help a newcomer. But I knew that this guy right here was going to keep the torch under my butt, you know, as time went on. Did, did you ever pay him back for those bearings? No, I didn't. And by the way, they were used engine bearings. <laughs> okay. All right. We, we, had hit him, we, we had hit him with some scotch, right? And they were, it was still good to go. But you were still able to kick his butt with used engine bearings. So that was great. Uh, so, so obviously the business has changed a lot. The sport has changed a bit. But would you say uh, the fans now with social media, a lot of – 
the rivalries here and a lot of talk is created on social media. Without that atmosphere, was this thing that was born between Gravedigger and, and Max D, Dennis Anderson, Thomas, was this something that you guys felt happening or was this something that was just created by the world around you? Well, I, to me, it wasn't created. It was real. I mean, it was really real. I mean, I had a ton of respect for him and I knew he was the guy and I thought, how am I ever going to get there if I don't try to knock him off or beat him down? And stealing his fans was impossible because his fans and the legions and fans he had and their commitment to him and Gravedigger was super strong. So I was just trying to make my own new fans as I went along. Would you say he took any of your fans at all or he, he did make his own? Is no, that, is that not, accurate? <laughs> no, not really. But what, what I did see as time went on, you know, and it's like we always looked at, you know, who could sell the most T-shirts, you know, and that was like, you know, one of my, my big honors and trophies. But, you know, you when you would see like four and five people from a family come and like the dad would be wearing the Max D shirt and the kids would be. So they had this family fun rivalry yeah. between, you know, some of the family is cheering for them. As long as there's only one Max D <laughs> fan in the family, I was still happy because I had three against one, you know, but it was a. Uh, it was good, man. I'm telling you, it's just, you know, the whole rivalry and it growing and, and starting out, and just like Tom said, it was real. It wasn't like we sat down. We didn't go behind the scenes and script this or talk about it. It was us living the real true life of how Monster Trucks got started. We continue to talk about Max D and Grey Digger more inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil, after this. We are back live in Nashville, Tennessee, the Wild Horse Saloon for World Finals 22. This is a special edition of Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil with Tom Mitz and Dennis Anderson. So we mentioned Gravedigger being established when Tom entered the business, but Tom, you've had some different identities. We talked about Monster Patrol, Bulldozer, Goldberg, Team Mess. Before you got to Max D, do you feel that if you would have found Max D earlier, that it would have sort of put you your Max D a little bit quicker than uh, than, than Dennis's Gravedigger? I don't know about that, but I do know this. It was kind of hard to follow me there for a while. You know, switching identities all the time. It was kind of hard for people to glue to me because I was kind of moving around quite a bit there for a while. I mean, which Monster Patrol, Bulldozer, XD, such a quick, and then Team Mints, you know, so many different identities and trucks there for a while. They kind of had to chase us to find out who we really were. And we know Dennis, a lot has changed since 1982, but when Feld purchased Monster Jam and started making it into this global phenomenon, what, what did you notice and when did you notice the business starting to change a little bit for you? Well, it was always kind of changing along the way. And back in back in the early days before Feld, and we even, uh, you know, created what we call Monster Jam, um, it was, you know, the business to me took a, took a big turn when, we created the first die-cast toys with a five-year-old kid holding your truck in his hand and television. Once we got on television and that kid, the five-year-old kid holding that die-cast, you know, ticket sales went up, people were coming, our, our lines for autographs were getting longer. People were starting to know who we are, you know? So. You, you mentioned about the die cast, but Monster Jam now is, is on bed sheets and, and, you know, bathroom towels, toys. Everything has Monster Jam, and it's always Max the Gravedigger there. When, when you started this thing, did you did, was that ever in the cards for you that you're going to walk into a Target and see Max D and Gravedigger on these bed sheets and bathroom towels everywhere? No, and the first time I saw a toy, I was just amazed, you know. Here's a toy of the truck I'm driving. I never thought... 
that would ever be a consideration. Never thought that was even a dream. I never thought that could even possibly happen. And now to see the fans that are just fanatics and they can use everything possible is in their favorite truck. That's really cool. And it's really neat to see the kids and when they bring the pictures and all the toys they have in their bedroom and all the things they do with them. I mean, it's epic, it's crazy. And, and the custom tracks they build for their small Monster Jam trucks. And Dennis, I know you, you've said many times that for you, you know, the t-shirts were, were your business back, back right. then. You would sell them, you know, when you did the events and that, that paid for everything for you. But now it, it, it's a global business. You see t-shirts everywhere with Gravedigger on it. Um, it as far as that changing for you and, and, and massing global, was this something that when you started selling those in the back of your truck, you're like, one day my t-shirts are gonna and my shoes are gonna be worn by every kid across North America and the world? Absolutely. Because all I was trying to do is figure out, you know, in the beginning I was trying to make enough money to make the truck work. After I got the truck work and I was trying to figure out how to make enough money to make the truck work and me actually get a paycheck. And that's how I done it was with Merchandising, the fans doing what they do, man, and supporting us. That's why I've always thanked them for every nut and bolt on my truck and every shingle on my roof. If it wasn't for those guys, Gravedigger would have, I'd have faded away a long time ago. So at what point did the rivalry turn into friendship? Obviously, there was respect there between both of you competing against each other. But Tom, for you, when did you realize that, hey, this guy's pretty cool and we do race each other, there is some competition there, but, you know, we, we might have something building here for, for a lifetime. Oh, I don't know, kind of all along, you know. At times it got really heated, you know, if there was a battle amongst us. And, you know, you know, and then other times it was friendly, you know. It was a good respect if he would go out there and do a crazy cool performance. And I couldn't top it that night. I think that's how it was. But, you know, it really seemed to boil over, you know, through the Goldberg years and got more heated and, you know, and then came to the World Finals that year and we're actually running into one another's trucks. I, I mean, was, that was the best. The yeah. best. <laughs> that was, I'm going to tell you, man, that was the best. We'll never be able to do that again, but that was real, yeah. and it was the best, and you're exactly right. That Goldberg, and I love him now. I hated him when he walked in, and, and Tom, I was like, Tom, I can't believe Tom is going to join this guy. He's going to come in here cussing and spitting and raising hell, and here we go. And I'm like, dude, you got, you're, you're on the, go back to the wrestling arena. Tom, what are you doing? We're the monster truck guys. And I felt like Tom and I, you know, it was like I almost was losing my friend. Yeah. You know, because we were friends and we were competitors. But then when Bill Goldberg stepped up, I'm like, oh, this guy's got millions of dollars and Tom is just going to go, you know, he's going to take over. <laughs> and I, I did. I was angered for 365 days. And that's why at that World Finals will be the best. And everybody will always remember that. It was like a demolition derby, but it was cool. And was that something that was just, it, it was, hey, go out there and do something? I understand your, your, your freestyle run was, was cut a little short and it was on pay-per-view. So it was time to fill. So it was just, hey, you guys just go out and do something. Was that kind of the atmosphere back there? Well, to me, my side of the story is he drew first blood. I mean, he was on the track. My truck was out there. Yeah. He hit it. I wasn't scheduled to go out. I wasn't supposed to go out. I wasn't told I could go out. But I felt like if I could get the truck to the floor, then the fans were going to make them call it out. Right. And that's kind of how it went down. And then, you know, I got my shot at him. He took a shot at me. And I think if there would have been 50 different Max D's and Gravediggers there, we would have kept just running them into one another. It seems like there were 50 Goldbergs but, and 50 Gravediggers. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. people still today, that yeah. they talk about it, and they ask about Dennis all the time at Monster Jam events. And want to know if he's still 
going to compete against me someday, you yeah. know, and they, they still talk about I that think, moment. It, it's it did not only with Monster Jam, it set the racing world on their ear. You know, they were all watching, they were all listening. They could not believe it. I, I think if 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 we advertise Tom Mintz versus Dennis Anderson one more time, we could sell out any stadium in the world with that. And I am down for it. We got more with Dennis and Tom coming up next on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. It's a very special robbery edition here on location at the Wild Horse Saloon in Nashville. I'm joined by Tom Mentz and Dennis Anderson. We are talking about the greatest rivalry in motorsports between Max D and Gravedigger. Let's go back in history, look back at some world finals. Let's talk about the first ever world finals. What was the atmosphere there at Sandboy Stadium in Las Vegas? We'll start with you, Dennis. I would say when we first started, it was like, it was probably the one of the most prestigious shows of the year but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, I'm not going to say complicated, but it wasn't as much to it as it is now. In the beginning, it was really simple. And then as it went along, I'm not going to call it complicated. It just got better. But with making it better was more complicated for us as drivers. What about for you, Tom? When World Finals 1 was going on and I was lucky that I got a win in racing, I just, you really didn't know if there was going to be a World Finals 2. You know, there had been other things we yeah. tried. Yeah. It just didn't quite stick. You know, Monster Jam was committed to this. It started off, you know, very, you know, unique, small. But, you know, as it built, it got better and better, and that continues today. Well, it took place March 25th, 2000, at Sam Boyd Stadium. You won racing at Scott Hardstock. You get the perfect freestyle score, which still stands to this day. So, right. you know, two Hall of Famers, obviously, here. Uh, that field was something else. I mean, Charlie Pawkins, Jim Kohler, John Seesock, Medusa, Scott Hardstock, Scott Stevens. If you look at those names, a lot of drivers now with their children at World Finals 23. We have Colt yeah. Stevens, who just won a world championship. Ryan Anderson won another one. So two drivers that competed there win here in Nashville. Um, obviously, different time we mentioned that but could you imagine 23 years later that your kids and of course colton sets a guinness world record or world record here jumping nine trucks so both of your kids a part of this incredible event 23 years later that's got to make you feel pretty special as not only a parent but as a pioneer in this business it does and and that's really what i was alluding to is you know here we are 22 years later 22 times we've had the world finals and it's stronger than ever and the fans are fanatics and to see the autographs they want on the pictures they have of being little kids. And now they're taller than me. And, you know, they, can you still pick me up, Tom? <laughs> I don't think so. I think you can pick me up. But that part is the coolest memory about it is getting to know them for so many years, seeing their ambitious and seeing how happy they are to see you again. And, and Colton setting that world record, pretty amazing stunt there with Thunder Roars. Now, Dennis O'Ryan wins his fourth world championship. Uh, that ties you for third all-time on the list. How do you feel about Ryan joining you in that, that elite category there? I love it. You know, I'm, I'm just, I, I wanted, you know, we, of course, you know, we're out there with all these digger trucks, so we have all these shots at it, you know, and honestly, the rivalry still goes on between me and Tom. It's a, it's, it's friendly, oh, I <laughs> but I don't, we, I don't want him to get another world championship. I have my whole family just trying to get as many as he did. That's why you just kept having well, kids, yeah, right? Just well, knock well, him out. Once, <laughs> once they moved the world finals from, from Vegas, I said, let me tell you, everybody stands a chance now because Tom was so <laughs> dialed in. I swear I have raced with this guy all season and kicked his butt 10 out of, you know, 10 times out of 12 races and go to the world finals and he was the fastest guy and could make the turns the best and if he even swung wide, he would run you down. 
he was so dialed at that course. I was like, finally, they take him. We're getting off of Tom's track, you know, so let's go somewhere else. He must have kept those engine bearings you gave him oh, just for God, I know it, but it, it was like this guy going down that track, you could count on if his equipment was not going to break. And in the beginning, you know, I was down to cross my fingers. Maybe he'll throw a drive shaft, you know. <laughs> but this guy would fly. He still, to this day, was the fastest monster truck. Then I mean, we always looked at his axles, and we knew those little axles were fast. His trucks were light. He had lightweight tires and rims, and he was always trying to, you know, change the breather on the motor, and we all were sneaking around the blower pulleys and <laughs> trying to get a little more boost in them and put fresh blowers on them. But it was... To me, that was the funnest. It was like, that was so, we were outlawish, you know, at what we were doing. And we weren't, we weren't really bending the rules. We were just flexing them a little bit. And um, I, that was the greatest, the greatest times. And, um, and I hated to see the guy win as much as he did. But, <laughs> hey, I, I, I've got to tell you, man, that, you know, when, being out on the track with Tom in a freestyle, if I went out and dudded, I could always count on Tom between us two being at a show. The pressure is there that people don't even realize. You know, grave digger, grave digger, grave digger. Well, if I'm the only guy that's going to put out and I don't have anybody else that's going to step up, when it was me and this guy right here, we wanted the fans to want to see us the next year because, like Tom said, we didn't know if we are going to have another World Finals. We didn't know if we are going to have another big stadium event. But, you know, with both of us running our trucks in the ground like we did each and every weekend is what attracted the fans, and that's what built freestyle. You know, I am a pioneer of freestyle, but so is this guy right here. You know? And you know how I know the rivalry still exists, and when he won last year, he took a shot at you in his speech at the end. <laughs> you <laughs> 40 anniversary greater Dennis, this was for you. I'm still taking out your kids. Yeah. That was Appreciate amazing. It, Tom. You more, better be glad my hair is bad. <laughs> more with Tom and Dennis when we come back on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. Welcome back to a very special edition of Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil, on location in Nashville. I'm joined by Dennis Anderson and Tom Mess. We're talking all things Gravedigger and Max D. So we've talked about the past. Let's talk about the future. And Dennis, we'll start with you here. Where do you see the future of Gravedigger lying uh, now that your, your kids are here, they're active competitors, and they're going to continue to carry that for you? We've got a long ways to go. That's all I can say is I, I have my, my youngest is, uh, is Weston Anderson, and he is just... He has just started out. It's like if you were starting this beautiful, nice paint job, he's just the primer right now. Once we get to a good coat of paint and then we put the clear coat on, I'm going to tell you, this guy is going to be a beautiful competitor out on the track. He's going to be one of the top competitors, but he's still got to pull some time out there. His brothers are no slouch, and their sister, she's holding her own out there. And I have grandkids coming up. And if they stay addicted to monster trucks like they are now, I'm going to tell you the monster truck world and the gravedigger world will never deplete. It will never get slacker. It's going to always get golding and grow and grow for the fans. Well, how many Andersons are you going to have to beat before it's all said and done? <laughs> He's got the grandkids coming. Uh, 20 years of maximum destruction, just absolutely incredible, culminating here in Nashville. What is the future in your eyes for Team Max D? You know, I'm going to keep going, that's for sure, and I'm going to do everything I can to take down Andy Anderson that gets in my way. But, you know, it's amazing. I mean, I've known Weston forever. And just to see him out there on the track and think, man, now I'm competing against this kid and having a great opportunity to work with him and train him some. And a lot of training time I spent with Kristen Anderson, and she's definitely one of my favorites, does a great job out there and really has a good 
personality to her and she really attracts the fans. But, you know, that's what it's all about is just keep going, keep the legacy going and, you know, being able to take them down anytime I can. But, you know, working with so many drivers now and they're all getting so good. I mean, the competition's better than ever. Just as you can see at this World Finals, we had new winners and both of them have been to Monster Jam University before, you know, and Colt and Tristan. I mean, that's what it's all about is passing on the knowledge, making people better quicker, and the, we get a better result on track, and we have more stiffer competition and greater drivers. We had an upset in the racing brackets in Nashville yesterday when Kristen Anderson defeated Thomas and Max D. What was your response as you were watching your uh, daughter take this man out? I got to tell you, I was even going to pop off while he was talking <laughs> and smart. I go, look, dude, you might want to go ahead and just think about signing off because <laughs> my daughter just tapped you out, just tapped you out in the first round of the World Finals. Well, but it was a technicality. So. I will say it was a very disputed call on my part because <laughs> yeah. I – no, the, I hit the cars, the both front tires. No, the, the right front wheel was not on the ramp. It I might have been it. in the air. It but. was, yes. No, we can't. It has to touch the ramp. <laughs> Listen, uh, I mean, we can argue that, but a win is a win is a win. <laughs> yeah. And that was an upset. Um, so we saw five grade diggers on the track yesterday. We, we saw the, the great body that you unveiled at Pit Party and your 20 years of Max D. Uh, has, has it all been worth it for you two to face off against each other over the last 20 years? Absolutely. Every sore bone, every stiff neck, every little Monday morning rheumatism, it's all been worth it. Yes. And I would go back and do it all again the same way, probably even harder than ever. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, and that's the same for me, man. It's like, you know, us leaving the shows and we would be so high on a win. And, and I would, the highest I would be was, is when I would beat this guy and I just, you know, would grind my truck in the ground and the fans were just roaring. And, 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 and you know, and, and reality would not strike until, you know, Monday or Tuesday and then the financial part of it came in. And they're still roaring for both of you here. And I think yes. one of the main things that was different then, it was our blood, our sweat, our tears, and our financial ruin that had a big part of this. We had a lot into it, and we were giving it our all. Well, this you know, is Max D and Gravedigger, absolute legacies, legends, the icon, the professor. Thank you guys so much. That is all we have for today in Nashville. Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil from World Finals. Thanks for joining us.